0: Unveiling the secrets A-list copywriters use to make themselves and their clients millions. This is the Copywriter's Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. David, it's good to be back. What do we got going on today?
1: Today, we talk about putting people and personality into your copy. So let me take you back 20 years. 20 years ago, nearly 20 years ago, I used to hang out with my friend John Cantu. We would meet once a month at Mel's Diner on Gary Boulevard in San Francisco's Richmond District, and we'd talk about all sorts of things. Now, before Cantu and I ever met, so this is even more than 20 years ago, he was co-producer of a comedy club that had been located just a few blocks away from Mel's. The club was called the Holy City Zoo. Many great comedians got their start there, including Margaret Cho, Dana Carvey, Will Durst, Paula Poundstone, and most notably, the late, great Robin Williams. Wow. Cantu had a great line about Robin. He would say, Robin wouldn't work anywhere you could imagine. He'd show up for the opening of an envelope. (laughs) One day, Cantu and I decided to crack the code of great storytelling. Now, I'm not sure we ever did. Okay, I'm not sure anyone ever has. But I think we figured out something unique. One thing we figured out is that movies are entertaining, especially because there are so many people in the story. Uh, Cantu and I went on to coach speakers with that discovery, and we even did a special presentation on this subject for the local chapter of the National Speakers Association, along with our friend, the great, incredible motivate, and I'm not being snarky here, I mean it, the just unbelievable motivational speaker, Patricia Fripp. Now, unfortunately, Cantu passed away in 2003, but he lives on in my memories, and I think our discovery about people and stories offers a lot to copywriters, too. That is, when you put people in your copy, it comes alive, and it holds interest. Yeah, what works is Different in copy than what works in a screenplay or in a speech. And we'll talk about boosting interest and getting prospects engaged in your copy by the artful use of including people in your copy in this episode. Nice. I can't wait. Me neither. I'm, I'm excited about this one a lot too. But first, in case you've never heard this before, copy is powerful. You're responsible for how you use what you hear on this podcast. And most of the time, Common sense is all you need. But if you make extreme claims and or if you're writing copy for offers in highly regulated industries like health, finance, and business opportunity, you may want to get a legal review after you write and before you start using your copy. My larger clients do this all the time. Now, about people in your copy. Nathan, let's reach back a few minutes. That story I told you about Cantu. Mm-hmm. It's inherently interesting because it's a story about show business and celebrities. But did you count all the people in the story? Yeah, you mentioned a lot of people. I did. Besides me and Cantu, there were five other people in the story. Patricia Fripp, Margaret Cho, Dana Carvey, Paula Poundstone, and of course, the unforgettable Robin Williams. It was only a two-minute story, but there were seven people in it. Of course, four of them are famous if you know comedy, and the fifth one's famous if you know professional speaking. So let me tell you another story that's mostly about everyday people. All right. I went to the bank Tuesday morning. When I got to the window, Jasmine the Teller was very excited. You see, the Golden State Warriors had just won the NBA championship the night before, and they're our hometown team. She told me in great detail about watching the game with her brother, who is a Cleveland Cavaliers fan. And he was a Cavs fan because he likes LeBron James. And even though his team lost, she told me, he went out to a party after the game. He asked her to go, but she needed to work the next day, which was the day we were talking. She told him she needed to get some sleep and she couldn't do her job very well. If she was hungover. So he went out by himself. That's the story. Okay. Mm-hmm. Four people in two paragraphs, plus two basketball teams. Me, Jasmine, Jasmine's brother, and of course, the great LeBron. Now, don't you think that story is a lot more interesting than just, I went to the bank on Tuesday and I had a nice conversation with the teller. Yeah, the, the story that you told, just draw, it draws in the listener or the reader. Well, that's right. Oh. And that's important because this story was out of real life and I wasn't prompting her. I didn't say, Ms. Jasmine, I'm going to be doing a podcast on Thursday. <laughs> and could you put tell me a story with a lot of people in it? I just said, how are you? And she just lit up and started talking, right? This is how people talk in real life. We talk this way all the time. And when they talk about things that aren't always that interesting by themselves, people make their stories more interesting. And I believe this is unconscious. This is social. This goes back to the you know days of many, many years ago because people populate their stories with other people, right? and and the same thing is true with your copy. Now, let's start at square 1 with how to do this. Just if you're writing some basic copy without all of the flourishes and the bells and the whistles. First of all, the best copy is in the voice of one person talking to another person. Just like I'm talking to you right now. Copy needs to be from the person writing the letter or If you're a copywriter, the person you're ghostwriting for speaking in their voice to one other person who's the prospect. And a lot of people make a mistake here. Um, Maybe not listeners on this podcast because you guys are a little more advanced and sophisticated than most. But a lot of people make the mistake of trying to be too businesslike and they're not writing personally. And that's a big mistake. Okay. so. Here are some simple tips on on adding personality here. Give the person writing the letter, whether it's yourself or someone you're ghostwriting it for as a copywriter, reveal a little bit about them. A little bit. A lot of people make the mistake of trying to be too businesslike, as I said, by not writing personally, and that's a big mistake. Write to your prospect like you know something about them and you know what's important to them and that what's important to them is important to you and write in a conversational way because business-like is a little more formal. It's a little more aloof, and that isn't good for copy. Now, you don't need to overdo it, but a few personal details, especially something about your life that might relate to the problem that you're going to solve for the prospect or just simply if I were writing a copy and I could say, it's a beautiful day in San Francisco. The fog is gone. I'm only six blocks from the ocean. It's sunny. It's bright. Boy, that just, boom! You know, it, it brings it alive, right? Uh, that might not be about my offer, but it might give the person an idea of where I'm situated and where I'm writing from. So a few personal details like that are meaningful to the prospect, and that'll do the trick.
0: These okay? things, These things that you're talking about are things that we'll grab you we'll pull you in we'll make you relatable or or to the reader at least and uh you mentioned not being too business like i know that when i first started trying to write email copy a lot of times it it sounded like it came straight out of the uh the public relations division of my business and my my return open rates were just dismal
1: Right. You you need to talk to them. I know you come from the music business, and I, I want to tell you a funny story. I've got um it's not funny, but I, I find it funny. Maybe you'll find it funny. It, it's um I have a client, a very successful guy, and his brother was a songwriter in Nashville. And he wants to help his brother come along, be part of the business, be a copywriter too. And I said, you know, you can learn so much. Out of song lyrics, like take the famous Janis Joplin song "Me and Bobby McGee." Well, Chris, Croft, Chris Christopherson song, he wrote it, but she originally made it famous, I think. Look at the first five words: "Busted flat in Baton Rouge." Man that that paints that paints a whole painting with those five words. You know, you can just imagine, right? So. So and that's very personal, right? It it's not like lower socioeconomic status in the southern portion of the United States. <laughs> right? I mean, which one reaches you? Yeah, okay. And,
0: and as a reader, which one are you going to be compelled to continue reading?
1: For sure. For sure. Okay, so um now now we've just talked about the me-to-you uh, one-to-one communication. Let's take it up a notch. Another place to include people is in a testimonial or a case study. And someone listening to this might think, duh, of course. Well, no, because a lot of people screw this up. At the very least, you need to use names and a location and where it fits and where you can in occupation. And by the way, if you're selling to moms or homemakers, mom of three or full-time homemaker are just as much occupations as CEO is if you're selling to CEOs or chiropractors if you're selling to chiropractors. And all of them are just as important as each other because we're not talking here about conventional social status. We're not talking about the social totem pole. We're talking about who your prospect can identify with. When they're reading the testimonial. Hmm? Mm -hmm. So testimonials typically talk about results, the results people get from the products or services or their experiences using those products and services. But if you can take it one step further by talking about how the results or experiences fit into the bigger picture of that person's life, works better. It doesn't have to be elaborate or detailed it just has to be one or two meaningful and believable details and by the way it damn well better be true um or you could eventually get in trouble especially if your promo goes big and it needs to be agreed to usually in writing or at least with an email sign off by the person giving the testimonial now let me Give you a couple example testimonials. First one is not as good. It doesn't have that extra how it affected my life um, uh, quality that makes it more personal. The second one does. So the first one, these are imaginary testimonials, but they could be real. Quote David's critique gave us the tweaks that improved our conversion rate substantially. We're getting a better bang for our advertising buck. J.E. Okay, it's not terrible. It doesn't suck, but it's not not as good as it could be. How about this one? David's critique gave us tweaks that improved our conversion by 27%. We're getting a better bang for our advertising buck. I sleep better knowing the advertising pays for itself and then some. Jared Excellentus, Topical Life Tips LLC.
0: Oh, the second one was way better.
1: Yeah, and, and you notice I sleep better knowing blah, 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 blah personal right it 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 brings it into his life maybe he wasn't sleeping so good knowing he was losing money on his ads every time he ran them now he's actually making money with the ad he's getting a positive margin from them so but that's not the point the point is how did it affect his life i mean all of those things are the point but the point i'm making here is that this makes it a little more personal but let's get a little more sophisticated let's wait kick it yeah
0: go ahead before we jump to that um i wanted Hmm. to Just add my own two cents on that. The fact that it's Jared Excellentis or Excellentis instead of just J-E makes it a lot easier for me to um, give a a personification to this testimonial. And uh, the the fact that this person who I see as a real person, uh, somebody who works for Tropical Life Tips, LLC, Knowing that he's able to sleep better at night and that he's a real person out there catching his Z's a lot easier because of what you did makes it easier for me to see myself being able to sleep better at night if I hire you.
1: That's exactly right. Thank you. That's the point because people can identify with those personal details. And, well, you know, in the music business and in the film business, you. I don't know how you write songs at the level of detail. I know how you write movies, but in a movie you want very much the viewer to identify with the person they're looking at on the screen. That's, that's what starts getting them in a trance, getting them to care, getting engagement, getting them excited about the story, losing sense of The fact that they're crammed into this room with all these people with their cell phones going off and popcorn and sticky soda on the floor and they just totally dissolve into the movie, you know? Um, It's identification. And okay, so we're not doing a movie about Jared Exelentis' life here, but what we are doing is helping you with the movie in your own head about your own life by just providing a key detail, right? Hey, let me ask you a question. Does it take you too long to write your copy? And if it does, have you ever wished you had a proven system to write it faster? Well, if that describes you, then you'll wanna know about high-speed copywriting. This is a home study program that has helped a lot of people write profitable sales letters in as little as five hours. No, it's not a bunch of shortcut tricks that leaves you with cookie cutter sales letters that people can ignore. It's about writing full-fledged, memorable, response-getting sales letters much faster than it usually takes. It's tested and proven, too. High-speed copywriting will ease you through putting together an original, powerful sales letter and putting it together in record time. You can find out more at highspeedcopywriting.com. By the way, this is one of the very few programs that Bond and Kevin Halbert have given their Halbert seal of approval to. So check it out today, highspeedcopywriting.com. Thank you. And now back to our show.
0: I was watching John Wick 2 last night, a new Keanu Reeves movie, and I was something that popped out at me as I was watching it. Lots of people get hurt in that movie. Lots of people get shot. Lots of people get hit by cars. It didn't really hurt me when one of the characters that I wasn't identified with or that I didn't have any connection with, when they get hurt, when they get stabbed, when they get shot, I didn't really feel it. But every time the main character who they did a really good job of of creating that um, that sense of identity, that sense of connection with whenever he had the same things happen that happened a million times to other people, I felt myself going, oh, I cringed a little bit. So just that connection, um, the exact same thing can happen to two different People, But if there's that extra sense of connection, that extra sense of relatability, it has the the impact is just amplified.
1: Yeah, that's that's great. You know, it's funny you mentioned that. I watched John Wick one about three times, but I've been meaning to watch John Wick two. Now I've got to do it. Okay, (laughs) all right. Good movie. Let's jump back into it. Okay, so we want to kick it up next notch. And this is not only how it's going to affect your life, but how it's going to affect what others think of you. You know, anybody who's done a lot of personal growth or self-development work probably hears, you know, the slogan running in your head, doesn't matter what other people think of you, you know, you shouldn't care about that. Well, that's a very nice goal, but the reality is most people care about it a lot. And we actually have this built into our neurology in the neurotransmitter called serotonin, where when more people think better of you when your status increases, you feel better, you feel calmer because of serotonin that 's what it's for so um, just just to bat down the objection that oh well that's not right, that shouldn't be yeah it's how it works, it might not be right, it might not be how it should be it's how it works, so Victor Schwab. In his book, great book, How to Write a Good Advertisement, has this little mnemonic, boy, B-O-Y, P-T, like a P-T boat, mom, L-M-O-M. And what that spells out, or what that is short for, rather, is because of you, people think more of me. Boy, P-T, mom, because of you, people think more of me. And... Uh, Like I said, this is wired into our neurology. We have a survival mechanism that makes us want to improve our status. Now, we don't all act on it. We don't all achieve that. But that is part of the nature of being human. And a perfect example of this is the ad that the only tracked ad that has made more money. Well, the, the tracked ad that rises to the top of the evolutionary pyramid in advertising, the one that made more money than any other tracked ad, which is the Wall Street Journal ad, made over $2 billion in sales. And it was a little letter. It's a Wall Street Journal letter. You can find it online by typing in Wall Street Journal, two young men letter. And the story is basically about two young men who started out reading the Wall Street Journal and they meet at a, a picnic or a company function 25 years later. One of them is CEO, and one of them works for the CEO as a department manager. Guess which one read the Wall Street Journal? The CEO. Yeah, and so people think more of him. So the implied message is, if you read the Wall Street Journal, people will think more of you, too. <laughs> That's real. It might sound corny, but it's how it works. Uh,
0: interesting side note: that's one you mentioned. It's one of the uh, one of the most famous and one of the most high converting tracked sales letters. It's also one of the only super successful sales letters without a headline.
1: Yep. <laughs> if if you look at it, it, breaks all the rules. If you look at the headline, it's a letterhead. It says the Wall Street Journal. You know, you're not supposed to do that, but <laughs> yeah. it worked but it but because it's the Wall Street Journal when you get a letter like that you think oh the Wall Street Journal sent me a letter i must be important <laughs> which
0: be- goes back to the point of uh of improving status yeah exactly
1: okay so let's take it up one more level one more notch okay we're 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 getting up into the um you know tibetan mountains here this is really this is really interesting so not only how does what you sell affect you? Not only does it, how does it affect what others think of you, but how does what you sell affect others that are related to the prospect? Okay. And it's a little complicated, but it'll be real clear after I explain it. Let's say you got a self-defense course. So, in your copy, you always want to start with the self-interest. You don't want to imagine that you've got some selfless, altruistic prospect. Just just take it from me. Don't start there. Start with self-interest, okay? It helps the prospect. What's the self-interest? This product helps the prospect protect himself or herself, okay? That's level one. The next level is it also helps you protect your family, okay? And that's that's bringing in other people into the story. So you think of your wife or your husband. You think of your kids. You think of your old grandparents who can't really protect themselves, right? You think of your brother. Think of your sister. You know, assuming you brothers and sisters, you might not want to protect them, but you. (laughs) I I know you do, Nathan. But um, you're very very loving family member. But anyway, um, so that's the next level, but you can even take it to the next, next level where you help others learn to protect themselves when you're not with them, right? Mm. I mean, you see, this is this is getting a lot more, compli- it's not that complicated, but in terms of how it's going to resonate with people, wow, you know, people who care about their family, people who feel they need to protect their family, they're empowering by buying your product, they're empowering other family members to protect themselves when the protector is not around. That's powerful stuff, right? Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's
0: one of the main key selling points in like the survival industry and uh, survival foods and stuff like that. It's it's not just about protecting yourself when stuff hits the fan. It's also about making sure that your family has food to eat, making sure that your neighbors will, you know, have somebody to look up to in times of need. If the economy crashes, who are they going to run to? Who are they going to search out? And yes, it's about your own self-interest, but involving those other
1: people um, makes it really hit home. It it does. And let me point out something about mythology and the hero's journey. And this is a key piece of the final Segment of a hero's journey. The hero returns to the group, to society, with some valuable wisdom, or some valuable prize, or having slayed some sort of real or metaphorical dragon, and shares his wins, his gain, uh, his tribute, his uh, wealth, his knowledge with the community. That's that's sort of what we're talking about here, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. So, again, this is about involving other people in a story. A lot of copy. If you just talk about features and benefits, you're really missing a lot of extra sales that you could be making. Yes, that's where you want to start, but you can go further. Let Let me um, review. Um, well, let me let me just talk about why this is important. Put it that way. Why do people and personality matter so much in your copy? Point one. We live in a world of other people. We don't live in a world of products and services. You're a mom. You wake up. The first thing you think is, is my baby okay? Now, you're a parent. You think about your kids probably before you think about your iPhone or your guitar or your car, right? I mean, people think about other people. That's the world we live in. And your prospects... Even if they're like me, you know, shiny object syndrome, gadget person, um, they're not inherently interested in products and services. They're interested in the benefits. Okay, we know that. But what is the benefit? A benefit is how a product and service will affect that person and how it will affect them in the context of other people and maybe how it will affect other people. So bringing people and personality into your copy makes your copy more meaningful, and it makes what you talk about come across as more real. And real is what you want when you want to make sales, you want to convince people, you want to bond them to you, you want them to believe you.
0: Yeah, this is this has all been some very... Uh more deep level kind of esoteric stuff it's it's this, everything that you've talked about today has been the stuff that kind of gets left out or uh, completely ignored in almost every single other uh copywriting course or anything like that that I've ever taken and I really appreciate you kind of taking that deep dive and, and going to some more of the subconscious uh subliminal levels of things that Maybe you mentioned, you know, it's 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 not the way that some of the stuff isn't the way that we wish it was, but it is what it is, and you have to work with what is. And uh, some of these things are kind of maybe a little bit scary for for
1: uh, copywriters to admit to themselves. Well, thank you. You know, I, I believe that um, a lot of the other teachers of copywriters know this stuff, and I don't think they're purposely holding back. It's like in the other uh, uh, previous podcast, we are talking about Brian Keith Voiles when he was talking about walking through a prospect's day. I don't think he was holding back. I think they know it, but they don't know that they know it. It's like an unknown known. If you want to get back to <laughs> Donald Rumsfeld or way back in the day, Ross Jeffries. Um, so yeah. Um, anyway, thank you. Yeah. I, um, my mind, my unconscious mind. Um, that that was not meant to be a hypnotic phrase. Um, <laughs> I, I, I like to look at this stuff. I study this stuff. It fascinates me. And uh, I'm glad to share it with people when they want to hear it. Absolutely. David, another
0: fantastic episode. I really thank you. I know that the other copywriters out there appreciate it. And uh, what are we going to be talking about when we return?
1: Next time? We're going to talk about the big idea.
0: Oh, man, I can't wait for this one because this is one of the things when I first started copywriting, I really struggled with and it took me years to finally get the big idea of the big idea. So I can't wait.
1: Very cool. Well, I'm looking forward to doing that next time.
0: All right. Thanks again, David. Copywriters out there, if you want to check out more of this type of conversation, make sure you head over to the Copywriters Podcast. Like, share, subscribe on iTunes, and we will catch you next time.
1: Okay. See you guys later. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes so you never miss an episode.